you know i feel that love is a fundamental human need we're all looking for it we all want it we also have a fundamental need to belong and with my guest today ekta dikshit this is exactly what we spoke about she's a relationship coach someone who i think we all need advice from i certainly did so we delved into a lot of important issues like developing healthy self-worth what does it take to develop healthy love for ourselves and also when you are on the other side of that heartbreak what are some of the things you can do to get out of it much stronger fuller better but also more importantly what are some of the things that you can do to avoid that heartbreak what are the red flags in a relationship that you can almost read early on so that you get out of it and save yourself so enjoy this conversation cuz i thoroughly enjoyed it got bunch of tips from ekta loved her energy loved her passion for this topic so listen in and tell me how you felt and was it really something that helped you thank you but thanks uh, ekta for coming on pragyan uh, i know you are really in a busy space but still you made time for this i i really appreciate it my pleasure i'm extremely excited for today's conversation actually So am I, you know. To be honest, I'm a, I'm a little nervous, and I'll tell you why. Because I think uh, relationships are always a very uncomfortable space to get into, both personally and generally as well. Uh, you know, because you, it's a space where you need to be vulnerable uh, for other people and and yourself. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how I do. Uh, but I do think that you know, after the pandemic, you know, people have now started to focus a lot on mental health and. um you know many folks are coming alive to how they are and where they are in this in their uh, in their lives and also in their relationships so what are some of the trends you're seeing uh, what are some of the kind of people who are coming to you to take help it'll give me a, a good sense on on where we are in the relationship space so first things first of course in terms of relationship being such an integral part of our life we've understood that um i think especially pandemic we've seen high high rise in divorce cases we've seen high rise in even new relationships because people have understood that a you are made to socialize and you can't be alienated from your own your innate dispositions so i think when it comes to the the current dating scenario i think what uh, people have learned to be way more vocal hmm. and that's something that i truly admire we've seen uh low levels of resilience that's one of the drawback i think resilience also comes from a space where you're trying to pan things out and you know you you realize that some things are not working with with your partner one of the reason why we've seen high rise in divorce cases also because people have spent so much time together during pandemic they just can't take it they're yeah. like listen i can't take so much of proximity right now usually with your mundane day life schedule you wake up you do your daily chores you go back to um, you know your work your jobs you come back you spend like minimal an hour or maybe half an hour with each other but now people didn't know what to do with this 24 hours or maybe those 3 months of being together seeing each other's faces or more than that i think didn't know how to deal with the differences yeah that's the problem people Why? didn't know i agree with you i think uh, you don't have any escape right uh, even if you're working one is what you said you're out the whole day but also you had the ability to travel for work or go do other socializing and you were also getting exposed to things that allowed you to take that break uh, but just being in your face um, also exaggerated the differences uh, like right. you said and people weren't prepared i think or 
our upbringing doesn't prepare us to have those tough conversations um exactly. and so therefore i really want to understand from you on what is it that we can do uh, really to be prepared to have the confrontational conversations or the stuff that's uh, niggling in a relationship because we're very scared scared to have it because we feel like we might lose the person hmm. uh, so what's a very healthy way of having those conversations i think uh, it's imperative first of all to understand that having an open and honest conversation is to what you feel like rather than fabricating the whole way so that the other person does not feel bad see um as per research it's 78% of tonality and the rest is the the matter of the discussion interesting so you really need to focus a lot more on your tonality it's not what you speak it's more how you say something even if i say something to you but in a very subtle um in not in not a very i don't use contempt to attack you because you know what happens it's a human nature and behavior it's a psychology that when someone says something which feels more like an attack the first thing that we do is we get into the defense mode and when you get into the defense mode you don't give your best in the relationship because you're constantly striving hard to defend yourself and i think this is what happens in relationships first thing have an honest conversation with each other as to what you feel if there are certain things which are not aligning with each other try to work it out i see a lot of people today mm. that look this is how i am take it or leave it but i think when you really care about the relationship you both work together as a team and you look at the problem as your opposition and not look each other as enemies or you know you don't look in look at each other as oppositions yeah or a competition or a competition for that matter yeah so it's imperative for you to know that right now it's you two and your relationship is a third thing that you really need to work together as a team so i think what happens when there is no alignment between two people what happens is they tend to attack each other instead of sitting and working it out and saying that listen i think this is not working for our relationship how about we work it out or maybe let's just tweak things a little bit that brings harmony in a relationship yeah so a have an honest conversation talk about things that are bothering talk about your non negotiables and it's extremely pivotal people don't talk about the non negotiables what's so working and i think this is more like the the primary factor before even getting into a relationship with someone or getting a lot of people get into marriages without even speaking about each other's non-negotiables and then there is disalignment of relationship goals and they are like listen but i wanted to get married the other person is like i never thought of marriage <laughs> now what now, now the whole relationship is in doldrums what do you do yeah so, so talk it out and that's how things start falling in place and then you realize whether it's it's an alignment or no if there's any synergy between you two if it is then fine if it's not you need to either work it out or just go apart yeah so i had uh, you know shiv khera on my podcast and the reason i bring this up is because he spoke about relationships and uh, the word compatibility uh, being brought up by divorce lawyers and he said there's nothing like compatibility what yeah. it really is is the ability to commit and yes. stay in that relationship but while i agree with that i think the challenge these days is that there is the commitment but at what point do you cross over 
for it for that commitment to become unhealthy for you and for the relationship mm-hmm. while you are putting in 120% the other person is maybe putting in 60% of the work right mm-hmm. and you're still carrying on because you feel you made that commitment to yourself to your parents to that relationship to give it that 100% right so when do you really take that call and say okay this is it this is not working for me or this is not healthy for me and now where do i take it from there because there's that huge gap in saying do i abandon this relationship do i get work into a divorce or do i really sit down and see can i work on myself and can we work through this relationship uh, together and that's when somebody like you steps in and says okay i'm a relationship coach let's sit down and have this chat so how do you work these things out when people come to you i think um when it comes to relationships or even marriages for that matter when you speak with each other about a i believe that whenever there is some kind of a discomfort in a relationship the first thing that couple does is they speak with each other right before going to a coach or a psychologist or a therapist the first thing that they do is talk to each other but how do you talk again circling back to the same thing yeah. it's like you don't do this i don't like what you do i don't you know this is something that i hate about you but rather just say like for example if i am someone who's way more disciplined and you are a complete my partner is a very undisciplined person someone who does not have things in order hmm. or life in order and i like order in my life i like organ organized being organized and if i see my partner is not one of those instead of just kind of attacking the person say that you know what how about um you get this thing in order i think maybe this will work for you also and even i would love it let's say for example if i'm someone who who loves time management yeah and suppose if me and my partner we decide to go on a date together i've reached early on time and my partner has arrived late and i'm going to be like you always come late and i hate the fact that you don't manage time and things like that but rather just put it things in a way where you say i love when you come on time it just makes me feel so valued and loved yeah so you know what happens the person does not get in a defense mode because the person does not see this conversation as an attack it's not personal true it's something which is constructive yeah so what we see is a begin with you know it's imperative that you get into constructive feedbacks rather than the destructive ones the destructive conversations yeah and when someone comes to me the first thing that they talk about how do we work it out how do we know whether we should work on it or should we break it apart yeah so if you've tried hard and you think that you're still not able to crack the code i think it's better to kind of move apart rather mm. than constantly juggling hard it feels like a tug of war you you have to literally put your will to use every single moment if you think you both are so pole apart then you're not able to find a midway it's usually said you know in a, a funny that I'm, i'm 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 talking about this but um a lot of people don't understand that you know relationship is not just a one way traffic it's like two of you working together um where it's not like you both are on different poles but you both walk and come meet midway so true and that's how you work it out it's like few things that you work on things and there are few things that your partner has to work it out and relationship is not a magical pill it's something that you need to work on it every single day i think i think happily ever after is such a myth and i hate it i hate this fact you know hollywood I, and bollywood have spoiled uh, us <laughs> ask me i think spoiled us rotten yeah because uh, this happily ever after is is so it's it's a myth because a uh, relationship is a work 
you've got to work every single day and a lot of people also think ki if i have to work every single day on something it's not meant to be no i think the way that you wake up you brush you take shower you do your daily chore relationship is the same you do things which is which brings harmony in a relationship when you think you two partner like two of you are let's say monogamous then you do things that are in harmony so that if if let's say someone who believes in polyamory and the other your partner is a is a monogamous person you're in trouble you're in trouble yeah. your relationship is 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 going to be devastated yeah uh, so so what happens is if you really think even if you're a polyamorous person and you think that i really value this person then you will do things in harmony for the harmony of the relationship but i think more and more uh, people look at adjustments as compromises uh, right and so when you start to feel like you're making an ad- making a compromise for someone which is actually just regular adjustment a lot of resentment starts to kick into the relationship you know because um, you know it's like a spiral you know you you do something you didn't want to do it and then the other person sometimes may not value it mm-hmm. as much as the effort that you put in to make to make that happen and then so you're sitting here feeling like i made all that effort paid didn't pay off and i'm feeling shit about it right and so mm. i will now take that resentment out on the partner on the relationship on everyone around me how do we get out of this spiral because a lot of people get themselves into it so i love the fact that how you talking about adjustments and compromise let's understand what exactly is this it's a beautiful concept i think people a lot of younger generation fail to understand this this entire concept of adjustment versus compromise adjustment is something where see all of us have a set of non negotiables right that these are the things which are non negotiables for me let's say for example i am someone who loves working out i love reading book i believe in discipline blah 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 yeah. i have five things in my packing order and these are my non negotiables i'm not going to compromise on those right then those you speak with your with your partner and you tell them that these are the things i will not compromise on but then let's say if i'm someone who loves reading but my partner does not and if reading is not on my non negotiable list right i'll adjust i'm like fine it's okay if my partner does not like reading i'm fine with it yeah right so what happens is compromises let's say if i love traveling and that's something i'm not going to compromise upon so i tell my partner even before getting in a relationship or getting into the marriage space so to say I said listen I love traveling and I'm constantly going to travel and if you tell me um my work makes me travel everywhere and if you tell me that listen travel is not fine for me then this is something I'm not going to compromise because it's it's a part of my non-negotiable if you're okay with it fine then we are aligned we are in synergy right and I think a lot of times also when you put this through people call it as you're so self-centric you're not self-centric you're just self-assured Yeah. You just have something that that follows your non-negotiables and all of us have it. Even your partner will have a non-negotiable maybe that may not be aligned with you. But if you both really value the relationship, you will adjust with your non-negotiables. Yeah. Each, each other's non-negotiables. So it's a beautiful concept. See what are the things that can be adjustable? Like for me, I'm fine if my partner does not read. I'm fine if my partner is kind of emotional sometimes but i'm not fine if my partner kind of stops me from oh you're not supposed to work 
or you're not supposed to do this, but that's a part of my non-negotiable. I'm not supposed to dress up in a certain way. That's not, that's, that's my non-negotiable. I'm not take it. Yeah. So a lot of like, for that matter, a lot of men um, would also say that, listen, I love sports. I love football. I love cricket. So that's a part of my non-negotiable. That's something no one can take away from me. So if you really value that person, you start taking in that, okay, that's fine. It's adjustable. That's something that my partner likes it. So you both have to work it out. That no, way. for sure. I, I think, you know, the problem also begins where, one, I think I'm so glad you spoke about how to define non-negotiables. I think because we're not aware when we walk into a relationship what really are our non-negotiables. So uh, thanks for defining that. But also building on that, I feel because relationships are dynamic, people are constantly changing. Sometimes because you want the relationship to work, you tend to give in. And mm -hmm. I'll give you a prime example, which is happening now where most women are working and very upfront, they will tell you uh, or tell their partner or tell that, you know, I'm, I'm not so open to having kids. Yeah. Okay. And very often the man in the relationship feels, oh, it's okay. You know, once she marries me three years in, I'll convince her we'll make yeah. it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So you say yes. That that's okay with me. You don't have kids. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Right. And you get into a marriage and then three, four years later, you have this itch and you're like, no, but I want a child. And the yeah. woman's like, but I told you very clearly, I'm not interested in doing this. Yeah. Then how do you solve for that? So that's what I said. A lot of people can't really understand. So the first thing, primarily, if you understand the other person's non-negotiables, the fact that the partner, or the partner of yours have been vocal enough yeah. to tell you then I think it's not it's not the female's fault in that case because she's been vocal enough. She's I think she was clear enough to let you know what she really wants and she doesn't want. And if you think that A, you're okay to adjust uh, or you think that you can't compromise on this, this is not a part of your relationship goal or your life goal, then I think it's it's okay to have a temporary face of pain then take a long term of turmoil or yeah. trauma. So temporary face of pain is fine. Uh, because in a longer run, you'll, you'll feel, oh, it was a blessing in disguise. Because you didn't match. So I don't think it's here anyone's supposed to be blamed. No one's supposed to be blamed. It's just that you both just, just had a different idea, like goal altogether, a relationship goal or a life goal altogether. Yeah. And that's fine. It's okay to have different goals. Um, not to mention the fact that uh, a lot of people are also blaming women for, you know, being so outright and, you know, being outgoing and social, which is what is making them not having kids and so on and so forth. All the tags, that's labels that's been put on women. I think it's a choice that women are making, right? It's a choice. I think earlier we didn't have the choice. And I think we're changing that whole narrative today and it's imperative to change the narrative yeah because these gender biased roles have been so much ingrained and conditioned in us that it's time to kind of change the narrative because women were not allowed to speak up today they are allowed to even speak what they feel like and it's important why is their right to speech only applied for men <laughs> it can be applied for women also or right to opinion <laughs> of course of course I mean, everyone should have a right to share their opinion, share their judgments, share their feelings and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I hate the fact that how a lot of men 
the way that they conclude listen don't cry i hate when you cry but it's her i mean women use use crying as a bait or maybe as a as a manipulation no it's just that women come from a space of emotions and that's yeah. why they cry and that's why they get all the more emotional it's just as simple as that so when you understand where a woman is coming from how she's been conditioned she's been brought up her upbringing her exposure her experience so you stop in pointing these gender bias roles yeah and you start cracking these no 100% i mean what you spoke about is so close to my heart only because uh, i feel like the patriarchy is so deeply rooted i mean even if you talk about this movie right rocky and rani i went and watched it i had a blast oh, I didn't, laughing i did i i still didn't <laughs> oh you must I go watch did, it you no. you love it and i think a lot of these things are being questioned in that in that movie in a nice entertaining way but you know talking about uh, social roles i think um, the fact that women feel like the baseline for us is walking into a marriage if they if the husband is okay with me working it's like wow you're like you're equal to god who, but who let you decide that exactly <laughs> exactly i think i think let me circle back and 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 get give more clarity on this i think a rightly said that we first didn't have a choice because um from the evolutionary period how we've been seen as men seen as a self uh, motivated person someone who would go out more like a provider the primary provider of the family and women were seen as a nurturer someone who is homemaker someone who has to look after kids but i think the whole change in the narrative that earlier we didn't have the choice because there was no exposure in terms of education also but today women are learning studying they are there's such a high grade level jobs right they're doing excellent at workspace yeah and i think they're able to explore their cognitive capabilities their capabilities their strengths and i think that's making her realize her own strength that what she's she's i think for all this while that societal norms had curbed her her strength that she's able to kind of let it flow and bloom so and bloom rightly so um so it's imperative to understand that i think today women um women are just allowed to kind of go out and have an identity of their own rather than the identity that's been given by the society yeah then then what's your advice for men to deal with this right because i'm seeing uh, a lot of this around me where uh men are not able to make that adjustment because they have grown up in a context where they have seen their mothers their grandmothers fulfill a certain role and now their wives are fulfilling a completely different role and actually expecting them to step up when it comes to um also running the family you know it's not just that provider role that you're talking about but mm. coming in and also uh fulfilling the other responsibilities um how should men adjust for it as well because i think i'm sure they equally in a space being like what the hell's going on and how do yeah. i really make it work because i'm not used to this this is like completely new for me and even if they want to be supportive they don't know how uh, i love the way that you brought this up first things first is um, men are being conditioned to be in the authoritative space to take a call to have the space of power right today a lot of times uh, what's happening is women are also getting power right they're getting this position of having equal right to have an opinion to share their yeah. their own space to also be a provider to um take a stand for themselves so what's happening a lot of men are perceiving this whole 
new concept i wouldn't say a new concept but this change of narrative as a personal attack it's more like an attack in on my ego <laughs> yeah it's like a ego war and this is something that i really really want to talk about that people think that feminism has nothing to do with putting men down it's more to do with i value you but i value myself also so feminism true. is not that i value myself and i don't give a damn about you it's about i value both of us for all this while it was about oh you i I've, i've put you on pedestal what about me no one cares especially when women uh bear a child suddenly she's not a woman she's just a mother yeah there's a role that's been given to her suddenly you just don't give a damn about what she feels as a woman how what are her emotions what are her feelings suddenly all she can think about and she has to think about is her role as a mother true let's a know you know let alone you know you her own health her health her identity yeah. her her perception her opinion her lifestyle her choices let alone go that in completely doldrums yeah so i think people take this as a as a as a ego war it's more like a personal attack but it's not it's like you start valuing that oh i love the fact that my partner is exploring her own strength and someone who's more sensible and mature will actually understand this that you know what i love the fact that she is able to explore her strength that oh she is good at at sales she is great at managing people she is great at making calls she is great at a lot of things and can also come back home and manage me and my home and be all okay with it and multitask can be 100%. fantastic but also at the same time a lot of times women are not able to manage all of this and that's fine i like what you said about you know the adjustment and how you know men should also in a way revalue what their roles are in these relationships more than rules i i i think i would say it's about understanding where your partner is coming from yeah it's understanding that she has certain set of goals that she wants to achieve because it gives her a sense of identity just like, just the way that you value your identity i think you let her have her own identity rather than giving her the identity from your side yeah yeah no makes sense uh i also want to then jump into understanding from you on rewiring a lot of our belief systems right uh, as we grow up um you know we tell ourselves a lot of stories and we go through uh, whatever we go through and we're seeing around us and then we decide this is how uh this is what i think about myself this is what i think about the world around me and then i carry that through my adult life and i think very often that Uh, that those stories and those narratives that we tell us also play a very important role hmm. in intimate relationships because that's when yes. they get very very exaggerated um so tell me how can we then be better partners because we want our partners to be perfect while we've not really done the work on ourselves uh, so hmm. how can we spend that time in our 20s or hmm. uh, you know whenever we're sort of willing and ready to make that commitment what are some of the things that people can do to be uh those perfect partners that they're looking for but how can they work on themselves i think um beautifully explained the concept of self love and self understanding so let's say if my glass is empty and if i have to offer something to you will i be able to offer zero so. <laughs> but if my glass is full and if i have to offer that to you i'll be able to do share that with you self love is the same when i understand myself when i understand what my emotions are when i understand 
what my opinions are, my beliefs are, my my what I've been through, what my lessons have been. I also begin to understand where the other person is coming from. A lot of times we set different standards for ourselves and for our partners. Always. But do you know what? It's okay, I can do this, but you're not allowed to do this. No, but this is what happens when you're not, when you don't work on your conscience, right? But if you're someone who constantly works on your conscience, knows what you feel like, what your emotions are like, when you sit with your emotions, oh, you know what? Today, this this is what happened and this is how I felt. And if your partner, on some day, she just behaved in a very different way than her usual style, you will understand where is she coming from only because you've understood where you came from always. So in your 20s, it's imperative that you think, you know, you explore yourself, you do journaling, you focus what your belief systems are that are not working for you. As simple as that, I've seen my, let's say, I've seen my parent, my father hitting my mother. And as I grew up as a, as a man, as a son of um, these parents, when I get married, I'll also hit my wife because I thought that's normal because I saw my parents fighting and getting back together. So I normalized it. So that formed my belief system that this is okay. And if the woman stands up for it, it's actually her fault because exactly. if my mother took it, then my wife should take it should too. Take it too. So these are uh, some irrational belief systems you need to work upon. So in your 20s, you need to work on your belief system. Is to what's working for you. Um, you have to understand how the times are changing, the narratives are changing. And this can happen only if you sit with yourself. Today, I think 20s are becoming the time when you are so busy with all the chaos around you. You want to work, you want a party. I mean, the entire Monday to Friday is all about work, work, work. And then as Friday evening comes, you're like, listen, I just want to chill and party. Then you don't give time to your own self. But I think it's imperative that one hour a day or maybe just 20 minutes a day, sit with yourself. It's not just that. I think also with social media, right? I was I think, just about to come to that. Yeah, I mean, we, we spend hours. We do, yeah, the first thing that people do is they wake up and they start scrolling. What are you doing? You're just letting so many different opinions of others hit you inside that forms your belief system that look this is fine or this is okay a lot of people are today like scrolling before going off to bed or but that's actually harming your mental health instead the first thing that you do you wake up and sit with yourself maybe just you know i love i love this whole thing so when i wake up i take my glass of warm water i sit by the window i look around i gaze and for first one hour i don't take my phone fantastic I'm just with myself and I figure out that what is it that didn't work out for me yesterday or maybe what is it that I can work on myself today? What are the things I can learn? Always be into this whole space of self-improvement. Not in a, in a self-criticism way, but in a self-constructive way. That, you know, I'm building myself each day. And be and reflective. That, yeah. So start working on your own emotions. And I think this is extremely imperative in your 20s. Yeah, I mean, uh, I learned this late in my life. And so I think now, at least in the last five, six years, I can say very confidently that I think the one relationship that one must invest in is the one with themselves first. 
and I think once you know that, then like you said, then you know your non-negotiables. Then you know what your boundaries are. Yeah. Uh, and then, then you know what are you even willing to bring on table, and you will you're willing to understand yourself, and that's when you will to understand the other person. which is why it's important because a lot of times people can't identify their emotions let me give you an example if someone had a bad day at work and let's say the person is so angry right upset right now because they had a bad day at work so a lot of guilt and a lot of disappointment but the moment the the person comes back home and sees let's say the child did something or maybe dropped something or wife did not treat well or maybe wife did not give that person a smile let's say the person will actually take this entire day of guilt and disappointment and turn it into anger and then fight with the partner because the person did not identify that guilt is guilt disappointment is disappointment but rather take disappointment as anger and throw out the anger burst and fist yeah. right so when you start identifying your own emotions you realize that you will start identifying things as it is and not as something else yeah i mean that's very deep what you just said and takes a lot of work because yes, seeing things for what they are um, it it's it's tremendous work on yourself because again all of the cognitive biases the trauma the everything just kicks in um i also want to understand from you that what can people do to develop that self love that self worth um rather i would say healthy self love and self worth because mm. the unhealthy one leads almost to narcissism right a, a sense yeah. of self obsession but yeah. what is that healthy way and though because it's a continuous process do you have some routines that you've put in place that people can tend to follow to really develop on that and build their confidence there are certain pillars that really helps you become a better version of yourself a having a right routine in your life mm. it makes you value yourself right if you um value your sleep you realize that you know having your sleep in order that really helps you understand so i'm telling you about these parameters these pillars that truly truly makes you a better person it makes you mentally strong stable and resilient to face against all the odds that might come against you yeah so fix your sleep schedule work on your um, your routine your discipline mm -hmm. exercise is extremely pivotal people overlook um i mean i am not someone who exercises regularly but i will ensure that i do it timely right there's some kind of a movement that i get into even if i have like a long day which uh, when i'm sitting on my desk or maybe i'm shooting or something like that i'll just walk around maybe just in and around my space for 10 15 20 minutes or whatever i can so move your body a lot of people don't realize the kind of it brings change in your hormones right mm. in your entire neurotransmitters in your brain that changes you and these changes when you do things for yourself is when you start loving yourself because you value yourself all the more right so and having limitation when it comes to social comparison or social media because you know what happens one of the reason why we see low self worth today is because the first thing and people are so much on social media today and the moment you open your social media you open instagram you see your friend having such a wonderful time in paris and you're like look at me i'm dying in the delhi bad air <laughs> exactly and you're like and you start putting yourself down 
a then you suddenly pinpoint oh i don't have great financial condition i don't have right physical strength oh i don't have money to even do this 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 thing or maybe i don't have a partner i can have such a nice parisian holiday so what happens you putting yourself down but do you think that's going to help your self worth no no so social comparison brings more harm than good i mean social comparison to an extent is good because it it should serve as a booster like oh you know what i see this person doing such a great work if i see someone today from my industry i see someone doing such an exceptional job i'm like wow let me learn from it rather than let me compare myself oh look how bad i am in my space and look at this person doing such an exceptional job yeah and being exemplary at that workspace so so comparison is a no no to an extent to a degree it should serve as a motivator to you rather than serve as a downer right so these are the few things you really need to work upon apart from which do things that makes you feel good that gives you a sense of identity as simple as um journaling in a day writing about your emotions doing some creative work yeah. even that helps um when you work out when you sleep well when you eat well it gives you a sense of purpose that you know you're doing something for yourself not for someone else so that boosts your self esteem and your self worth do things that helps you feel good yeah. also it's usually said that you know also count on gratitude a lot of people um i think we focus so much on complaints and you know as per research it said that your brain can't focus on two things complain and gratitude at the same time it can either focus on gratitude but if you're grateful about something your mind can't focus on complain i'm not saying oh always be grateful about everything it's okay not that you will never complain about anything it's fine to complain about certain things it's fine but with complaint should come along the the way out to fix that yeah if i have a complaint about oh this is not working for me or maybe this is not i i'm not able to figure this out or maybe this relationship is just not the way that i want it to be then you have a choice to work it out you have a choice to figure things out you have a choice to make the choice yeah. that's the thing no i agree i think uh, kindness to self is very important uh, you know like you i think that's been my learning where i've started to do smaller things and also mm-hmm. this reward oneself for achieving something because and yes. that also builds in uh, some amount of self worth for yourself but i loved what you said about the mind where it can only focus on one thing yeah because we and this generation is known for multitasking and being proud of it what i mean is that we'll be on a call and i'm guilty of it i'll be on a call i'll have a whatsapp chat open on the side uh, i'll also be talking to someone in my house if i'm working from home and we think that we're actually being very productive not mm-hmm. realizing that when you're doing three three things at the same time you're doing none of them but that's toxic productivity yeah that people don't know that productivity can be toxic as well especially let's say um like let me explain about this about my own how i i came across this because when i should work from home um i should write scripts and what not for my videos i used to think that oh i'm not supposed to i'm supposed to be upright on my desk only then i'll be productive but sometimes i realize i can be on bed and still do great work so sometimes it's like work 
of course it should serve as a sense of purpose to you but it should not become like a it shouldn't serve as a sense of identity for you right so it shouldn't be like oh if i'm not working today i shouldn't feel bad about it yeah i i remember there was a time when i used to be like oh today i'm not working but what do i do if i'm not working what do i do i have nothing else to do yeah so it's like you you think that you should be proud of this no rest is equally important as important work is because rest is more like restoration it helps you build your capabilities it helps you improve your focus your concentration it improves your social circle uh, not social circle but your social responsibility yeah. it helps you become a better version of yourself when you present yourself to people in social circles and therefore then what do you have to say around burnout right because mm-hmm. because of the ex- exact same thing which you said where we constantly feel like if we are not doing anything and we're not being productive then what have i added to my day right and so that eventually doing all of this over months leads to burnout yeah what can people do to avoid uh, that burnout because of what you said you know like all of us identify ourselves with outcomes and with our work and so just being and yeah. to your point about having that garam pani which you do in the morning and just gazing yeah. which actually makes you creative and yeah. lets you reflect yeah. is mostly considered as non productive time absolutely <laughs> so i think i think what you said about uh, what you should avoid i think you should avoid work <laughs> to to avoid burnout you should avoid work uh and and why i'm saying this because i remember last year i experienced burnout which took me 3 months to recover from because i was constantly working i remember in the middle of the night if i would wake up i would just start writing typing something writing my work insane and i realized that it's taking toll on me because i i literally got so much into my work and and um not that i it's it's making me crazy it's like i love my work so much but i should know where to draw the line i should know where to set the boundaries and it's about improving your relationship with your work improving your relationship with time improving your relationship with yourself so it's about changing the mental narrative if i think that my work gives me a sense of identity if my work gives me a sense of purpose i should also know that rest also gives me a sense of identity so true that i'm allowed to rest and relax also i think a lot to do with the societal norms a lot of people you know when you're resting at home people are like you don't have anything else to do you're just chilling and not doing any work and guilt so you see how we are how we kind of guilt tripping and a lot of times we guilt trip kids also we guilt trip kids saying that what are you doing just do something but you know what i really suggest people get bored it's fine sometimes boredom can be a boon because you don't know the best can be extracted out of you during the boredom i've seen best of businesses literally you know they've been uh discovered out of boredom yeah so get bored that's fine so i learned so i always tell people that don't get into toxic productivity so much that it might take you double the time to recover from the burnout now uh, you know when i say like i said that avoid work a lot of people can't avoid work because a they have to tend to family uh financially emotionally all of that uh, having said so they are they are they having a job and they can't really sometimes jobs can can be really demanding it can take toll on you and you feel extremely burnout 
uh, no matter managing your weekends weekday kind of a balance that you know working and hustling and then uh, you know chilling out during the weekends even sometimes that does not make the fair balance for you in that case every single day have at least like i said half an hour hmm to yourself yeah start with that with nobody else sometimes we think that we have our partners i i ought to give her time i ought to do this i ought to fine you do that but also at the same time give that a bit of time which is just yours having your space your time your activity something that makes you feel good a lot of people they go to gym they work out or maybe they go for a walk it's more like a me time yeah find your me time something that gives you a fair balance a lot of times what we do is when i have my time i open my instagram and i sit and i'm scrolling what are you doing you're constantly consuming so is your mind resting yeah. fatigue fatigue sets there in there is there is a mental fatigue that takes place so when i say do nothing which means just do nothing get bored that's fine <laughs> yeah. do get bored yeah so i think this is the way to deal with burnout if you're experienced because i remember for 3 months i just went extremely slow i improved my relationship with uh, my time i improved my relationship with my work that it is okay even if i am not working i'm productive that's fine i know because on days when i'm productive i'll give my 200% yeah and days when i'm not working it's fine i'm just resting the other thing i want to talk about burnout is that people also use then because you're having such tough days then you want to end your day and the sense of relaxation becomes Uh, leads to addictions you yes. know because you're again using them as uh, escape or right. feel like you're you're relaxing your mind but yes. you're actually getting addicted so you know what is your have you been seeing a lot of that happening and then how do you then deal with it constructively instead of becoming addicted and having another problem in your on on yourself yeah. uh, instead of getting out of one yeah so i see a lot of people they use alcohol as an escape or maybe certain kind of drugs like marijuana as an escape yeah to deal with the daily rut it's like oh this relaxes me so much but what's happening is you're not dealing with the main matter if you had if you really had a long day and if you feel like relaxing maybe just listen to some music it will really relax you so what happens is people want to find an easy way out yeah an easy way out is see again if you have an addictive personality you will find ways to to latch on to the addictive tendencies it could be a substance it could be even people for that matter a lot of people even use relationships as an escape yeah but you know the moment you come back home spend time with yourself it's about just building it up i'm saying these habits does not i mean these habits don't build up just in in a day or two it takes time i mean if i have to ask you that what do you think how long does it take for a habit to be built i mean there are so many numbers out there but typically it's 21 days right that's mm-hmm. what they say no so i delete this 21 day funda it doesn't work acha so usually 3 months to build a habit okay but it takes 9 months to build a lifestyle wow but again it's to build but it takes lifetime to maintain that lifestyle true because you know you realize that oh you've built a momentum but just one drop can break your momentum but it's fine even if you break the momentum but just come back to your momentum again 
come back to the routine again and it's fine a lot of people become so harsh on themselves or oh i broke broke my momentum blah 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 it's fine even if you did you always have a choice to come back sometimes we have this illusion of oh i broke it now what yeah but it's an illusion you can always go back so even if you're addicted to certain things you always have a choice to repair it restore it right you don't realize that using substances using people using other things apart from you can get addictive because we all find some kind of complacency in people in substance very true and then we have this tendency and we all of us we have the tendency of uh becoming addicted to certain things we all are because see one of the do you know what's the most biggest addiction social media right now no it's sitting it's guilt guilt um, and love oh really it is oh yeah you're right guilt is the biggest addiction that maybe i had a bad day today i'm just feeling so guilty that i did not work out the way that i wanted let me just let me just reach out to an easy escape yeah or maybe if i i am receiving some kind of a comfort from my partner it's so addictive yeah it gives me a sense of identity it gives me a sense of self worth so i latch onto it and that thing becomes more like a linchpin in your life but it doesn't serve a purpose because any time if the linchpin breaks you're gone yeah so you have to start becoming your own uh support your own um i think you don't have to use something else as a bait or as an escape become atmanirbhar <laughs> yeah i think that's the word yeah. when we say atmanirbhar i think it's about understanding your own self and when you understand yourself you'll know what you're bringing to the table and it's so important i keep telling everyone please know yourself know your goals know what you want especially even in relationships if you come from a space like this if you come from a space where you um are not looking for a long term relationship all you want is fling or maybe all you want is just some fun but if you are with someone who is looking for a long term relationship don't screw this up yeah maybe just go apart sit with each other talk about what your relationship goals are and only when it's aligned if you are looking for fun and only if the other pa- pa- person is looking for fun then it makes sense and in the process if you end up you know liking each other it's a different story but at least you began on on same page yeah you were you were in poles apart and that's how a lot of relationships also break up a lot of issues and turmoil and trauma and then what happens a lot of people take those traumas of previous relationship and start applying it in the new ones and that's how you get into this entire rut of same cycle relationships same things repeat again and again and that's why we see like for me um i see a lot of repeated patterns because if you've not healed your past relationship you'll always carry forward and this is what happens we go to a supermarket let's say we have like a list of things right and let's say i forgot three things out of those list now when i go the next time i'll always have those carry forwards right and this is what happens but what if i dealt with it right away that acha i i forgot it let me just order it online or maybe let me just get it from the nearby store so i'm sorted by the time i go to the to the store next time yeah. i don't have something that's been carry forward it's a fresh new list 
so this is extremely extremely pivotal for everyone to know stop associating previous and stop carrying forward the previous traumas to your new ones heal it then and there yeah it's mm, that's very well you're very... like you know what uh i often say this and i often say this even in my tech tech talks and everywhere like in, in even in the panels that you are we chronic we humans are chronic sadists oh yeah you know something bad happened to me especially break up i'm going to listen to these rg songs saying oh i feel so bad for myself <laughs> i'm feeling so sad don't get me wrong i love rg songs but what happens it gives you confirmation because there's a confirmation bias in us that tells us oh you know what this really something really bad has happened to you so we don't we we let it sink so much that it we sink ourselves yeah so this third stage is so important for you to find i have i've been going through this and i it's time for me to start working out which is why you need a lot of social circle hmm. but social circle not in a way that your friend calls up and says chal chal laga denge do do ho jayega theek that's not how it should be then you know what you use substance as an escape yeah that shouldn't be the case rather social circle like having friends where you can just talk to you can be yourself having good time with um because we are social beings in the end and social circle can actually enhance and improve our quality of life no you're so right i mean i think what you spoke about is you know what they typically say which is the five stages of grief yeah. right like you go through all of them and uh, at some point when there's acceptance then there is this suddenly you know this moment of reality and epiphany which is like okay yes. it was not all my fault and uh there are there are other people who are there out there who i can uh, go out and and love and be loved and all of the other happy flowery things that that come in your mind um you know i just want to shift gears here and talk to you a little bit about when we spoke about addictions i think the one thing that i find people are really struggling with a lot of my friends are just how do you talk to teenagers around social media addiction uh you know because especially when you're a teenager you're already in this very combative state with mm. your parents uh, you know they're your biggest enemies whatever they yeah. tell you is they want to hurt you and so they're telling you this <laughs> not realizing they're saying this for your for your larger good and so what are some of the disciplines or what are some tricks that you might have uh, come upon for parents to have that conversation saying look it's hurting you mm. can you now create some uh boundaries around this um it's it's important for parents to first draw the line between should i be a parent right now or be a friend hmm first things first it's like knowing see every parent i i see a lot of uh, faulty parenting also here right i wouldn't say see parents do of course for our good but i see a lot of parents as something called toxic parenting also mm. where they try to impose their own emotions their own opinions their own judgments their own lifestyle on kids saying this is how it should be so you know when your kid is growing you are supposed to be a parent but there comes a there comes a time where you're supposed to be less of parent and more of a friend so that whenever there's some kind of a discomfort in your child's life the child turns towards you and not someone else yeah for comfort right so you've got to be you should know when to be when to become a friend and when you become a friend to your child your child will understand what you're trying to explain a lot of times like i said 
parents even try to explain certain things in their own style so what happens of course fir baad mein dushman to lagne hi lagte hain ki yaar ye to dushman hai but it's about the style how do you i mean what kind of parenting style are you are you using right now are you if you know that your child is a teenager now it's time to kind of tweak things in a very different light in a different way it's extremely important right yes and i think this begins from a very early stage where if you've built a good healthy relationship with your child so it's easy for you to transit because your child is also transitioning um a lot of kids because they use social media social comparison um as a way to improve themselves but that's not a healthy way so what happens you just supposed to sit with your child but if you've improved your relationship with your child at first first early on then it's easy for you to also transition you realize that uh your child is transitioning right now from a kid to a teenager and that's how even you will begin to transit and then from parent to a friend saying that you know what i think how about you try this maybe just indulging the child into something more more therapeutic so if you realize that your child has this habit or has a routine of scrolling through at specific times or something like that then maybe getting involved with your child and getting into an activity during those hours yeah you have to be a conscious parent and not um i think a submissive parent where oh you know what fine i'm like it it's like not a passive parent because after a while a lot of parents they're like ah now they are teenagers they look into themselves more i think this is the time you've got to be their friend and more so that, engaged yes more engaged more engaged get them involved in activities a lot of um, mothers that i see or even parents i see they involve their female kids in in daily uh, household chores but i think involve them in different other things also yeah. in financial planning of the of the family involve them into okay how about two of us just go out today for a coffee and just chit chat that's how they start building a bond with each other but this is something has to come from early on so how do parents do that first build relationship with your child and understand if your child is transitioning you are supposed to transit also you're not supposed to be a parent you're supposed to be a friend at that time makes a lot of sense and what about kids now who are adults you know like us where we often because we've had that toxic style of parenting now our relationship with our parents are very fractured yeah. and we want to fix it but we don't know how because there's just so much baggage uh to a point where we don't want to spend time with them or you know we just want to fulfill our duties but we don't really want to be there for them emotionally 100% and i see a lot of that happening and people want especially post covid people want to fix it because they saw so many of their other friends lose their parents and not have the opportunity yeah. to really have a meaningful relationship mm. but again like what is what are some ways that people can can do that and fix that relationship um i love that you mentioned this and as important as it is a lot of uh, you know when i was studying uh, gerontology also so i understood one of the biggest fear that old age uh, gets along with it is a sense of dependency that's something that oldies hate yeah. parents hate 
See, as youngsters, we loved our freedom. We loved our sense of independence. Suddenly, after a while, you have to depend on your child all the time, right? So, for you as a child, also have to understand where your parent is coming from. I know that your equation with your parent has been extremely fractured, or um, it's extremely fragmented right now. What they've been taught, they can't give you what they never learnt. So your parents don't know what you are experiencing in outer world right now. So for that, you as a kid, it's your job to take them out, show them what's happening, but also at the same time not expecting your parent to to change overnight. Mm. See what happens. Uh, I've seen that as you keep growing older, your beliefs get extremely strong. They strengthen, and then I think at old age it becomes like a rock, rigid, rock and rigid. Then you can't change. Why do you even want to change that? Do you think you are going to change your belief system after you grow up? No. If you think this is how life has to be, you will stand by it. So when you understand yourself, that's what I'm saying. Circling back to when you understand yourself, you will understand where your parents are coming from. You'll understand where others are coming from. And I think your job as a kid, especially um, for us millennials. Your job is to understand your parents gave you what they had. I mean, today's parents, because India is a extremely young country, where today's generation where they're having kids, right? So parents are trying to understand what's going out in the world, and they're trying to tweak themselves as per the newer generation. But still, the older generation are way more traditional and conventional in nature. They don't understand where you're coming from. Don't try to teach them. Rather, just make peace and make them understand okay this is what happens and i think just just let let both of us work things in unison so that both of us are in harmony yeah you know when we were growing as a teenager we've had a lot of transitions right we've changed maybe we did things that were not in accordance or not in harmony with our parents so right? many times so many times but they accepted us i think their love wasn't conditional but i think we as a lot of youngsters today their love is extremely conditional my parents don't understand this my parents don't understand oh i am 15 i can have a girlfriend or a boyfriend maybe your parents don't understand try to make them understand that this is what it is right and if even if they don't it's about knowing where they're coming from yeah i agree i think um, you made a great point where <clears throat> there's a certain kind of forgiveness there also comes in saying they didn't know any better so they did with whatever they knew that's how they brought yes. you up and i think for us also um as future parents i think we will also do our best in our capacity that's the that's the thing in our capacity will you be able to give something that you don't have i don't think so but you will give something that you have right if you have a capacity to do a b c thing you'll do it yeah but if you don't have a capacity or maybe the knowledge of doing d you will not but i love right. what you said about the the fact that you know if i want to have a girlfriend at 15 and that should be okay or a boyfriend mm -hmm. at 15 that should be okay or a, i think what i want to also touch upon is how because of a lot of exposure we are becoming a more of an individualistic kind of society as opposed yeah. to where we came from where community and family was more important and i think that also speaks back to where is the balance between 
self-worth, self-love, self self love creating boundaries mm. but at the same time making sure that i'm also not exaggerating it to such a large extent that i'm becoming selfish and not taking care of the needs of people around me i think it's a beautiful concept that says that it's called it's it's called transactional analysis and it says there are three concepts it says i'm okay you're not okay which says which basically means that i don't care about you the other one says that you are okay i'm not okay which shows that i have low self esteem but where you really need to get is i am okay and you are okay too which simply means that i value myself and i value you as well right so what happens with this entire thing of setting boundaries is when you put your foot down saying that you know what this these are my boundaries and i really love i love if you respect that so what you're doing is i respect you but i respect myself as well right so uh a lot of people today i feel that they want to put their opinion in a very um i think attacking way where i don't care what you feel but this is how i am right i know a lot of couples and i'll be really honest where one partner says look this is how i am i don't care what you feel but i'm going to stay as i am take it or leave it okay so it's my way or highway but that that's not how things should be right so this whole concept of my way highway you have to kind of let it go and you have to say that you're supposed to be self assured and not selfish which means these are few things that i believe in and i respect that and i would love it if you respect it so if how it's it's how you put things through correct so i think when you stop using contempt when you stop attacking the other person in order to safeguard yourself is what is unhealthy toxic conversation or boundary but healthy boundary is look this is how it is and i i would love it if you respect it and if you don't then i think it's better we take a call right so this is how you should put your foot forward and when i say that a lot of times i have an opinion but it's absolutely against the societal norms let's say um living is still not l- something accepted in our society and i'm not even proposing living okay but it's your choice again to kind of to live in or not to live in right but it's about i'm doing something without harming someone as simple as that that comes out as setting right boundaries i'm yeah. not harming anybody right now everyone will have an opinion society norms will constantly keep changing but you're not supposed to do something which might bring harm to someone i think that's the easy way out yeah i loved i'm okay you're okay that's awesome right i yeah. mean and that only happens through empathy through conversation yes. and uh, really like you said early on feeling like you're a team which is either with yeah. your partner or even with your with parents the, yeah. yeah with anyone even your own in the corporate setup yeah mm. even your own team you should feel that way so where do you see i mean what would you want let's say um some of the things in our society to change for us to be far more fulfilled far more in harmony you know things that we can do at an individual level to contribute towards a far more you know like everyone's now talking about civilizational confidence right you must have heard this uh, yeah. this phrase uh, where everyone's <coughs> talking about india moving in that direction and which is great but i think what are we also doing towards 
building a happier society or be building mm-hmm. people who are more content uh, and and far more fulfilled and what can we do in our individual capacities and what can we maybe do in our own sphere of uh, control to make that and spread that i think first is to cut down on the hustle culture and i hate the fact that we are promoting hustle culture saying that this is how it has to be uh there was a recent interview i don't remember um which says that you're supposed to i mean you're just working for 80 hours a a week it was it was extremely controversial because somewhere we are i'll tell you a funny fact hmm. that um india is the only country that does not take much holidays this they literally store it so that you can they can use it when it's required uh and they usually use these holidays during medical emergencies and not for holidays not to take time off yeah no. why because we're promoting hustle culture so much because we think like i said going back to the toxic productivity that i am building my sense of confidence my sense of worth my sense of self with the work that i do so if i am right now at a managerial level then i would love to go above it only when i'm here only then i will feel that oh i'm somewhere and it keeps going on with the hierarchy that yeah. you have if talk to a ceo of a company and he'll be like i'm so upset that i'm not able to just find my own company and i'm tired of looking after this company as a ceo i want to start with something else of my own this is what happens we're always chasing something but i think we as a society if we start um working together and start understanding what today's modern society wants i think we we will start becoming more like a unit and not become fragmented in nature today we've i think i feel extremely extremely bad about and i'm i'm terrified of this whole thing of how things might go forward is today we see modern generation versus younger gen um, the older generation i don't think it should be the case as society should be whole that you work together understand what's the modernization a lot of young you know these uh, older generation the gen gen generation y and boomers they say ha tumhari generation to tumko to aisa chahiye waisa chahiye but i think it's a tum to sara western culture le aate ho yahan pe but i think it's about understanding that we're just trying to change the narrative right now wo hamare zamane mein auratein jawab nahi diya karti thi all of that i think we're changing the narrative so a i think bringing more safety in workspace as a society mm. for women uh not promoting hustle culture by any chance it's like even companies are supposed to promote rest they're supposed to promote that not giving a, a lot of companies what they do acha theek hai 5 o'clock you're done with your work 7 o'clock you're done with your work take this work back home and work <laughs> So I don't think we are in in this nine to five job. We are in nine to nine job at this point. Twenty four hours. It's twenty four hours. Yeah. So you're supposed to draw the line, right? So I think who can do this? Companies. Yeah. At a higher level, don't literally, uh, you know, extract the best of best from the employees. At one point, they're going to be dry and they will have less capabilities or cognitive abilities or cre- the creativity is going to be like the juices Juiced are going to be yeah completely yeah so you should know where and how much to do it 
a question that you know a lot of my friends were dealing with which is men going into midlife crisis right oh yeah. my god like they completely change you know they are now reevaluating and so a lot of these drastic changes happen when i see men going through or my friends going through midlife crisis and of course you know on the women side there are other challenges but how should women go through that phase when your husband or your partner looks and feels completely different is now going and doing random things like buying a 50 lakh uh, you know bike because yeah, he yeah. wants to now deal with his identity and doesn't know what has happened to him and yeah. that life is gone by and he has so much more he would like to do do you have any tips on how to deal with midlife crisis i think that takes us back to a previous question is how we keep evolving sometimes hmm. you know, what happens when someone tries something let's say we all go through midlife crisis it's just not to do with any specific gender all of us do it but we all do it differently because we are differently wired sure and having said that we especially men because they have been following a certain path of being a provider going hustling working tending to the family so does females do today but with men are being asked to follow or fulfill a specific role uh suddenly when that man explores something new maybe today i just rode my friend's bike and i just felt so good it just gave me a sense of freedom and i liked it so what happens it just gave you a dopamine hit right because it gave you a sense of freedom a sense of fulfillment i think we all of us in our life are chasing fulfillment we want a fulfilled life so if something different gives you and which is why i often say that as a couple or even if you're in a relationship or forget relationship even as an individual keep doing novel things yeah that's going to keep you alive in life and keep the spark Try, alive spark alive it's like it's the same old routine it's the monotony and i'm so tired of it it's just there will come a point where you'll be you'll feel stagnant right you'll feel more like a like a tree you'll be like oh i'm so rooted i can't move but you're not a tree you can move god damn it you can move you can shift you're not rooted deep inside so keep trying new things you um so which is why when you do something which is novel in nature you realize oh it's giving me a dopamine hit it gives me good feeling a feel good factor which is why a lot of like you said mid 30s or whatever or anyway not just men but lot of women they start doing something new because this has break like broken their routine mm. it's uh, more like a break to what was going on right something new we all love novel things yeah so a lot of women um in their mid 30s or something they'll start a lot of um i see that they start a lot of physical workout also because they're like i'm so done with this mundane life i want to get into something new maybe they'll get into some kind of a kitty party or maybe some kind of a group or a social circle maybe they'll join some kind of a club or suddenly where as a youngster they don't used to party suddenly they're going out partying so much yeah because they're like oh this gives me a sense of freedom i think all of us are chasing that sense of freedom chasing that sense of fulfillment and when something gives us a sense of fulfillment we pick it up and which is why that 50 lakh a bike also comes into the picture is like wow this gave me that sense of fulfillment suddenly you start realizing it it, may, it gives me that feel good factor so to wrap this up what gives you fulfillment and a, and, and and i'm sorry to i'll no, come no, to this i'll come to this 
but i think a lot of people in their mid 30s and you know by the end of the 40s they get into a lot of relationships extra extra matter relationships also or reason because they realize it's giving them a novel experience something that has lost in their marriage and which is why i say that a lot of couples are supposed to do novel things supposed to keep dating each other all the time they're supposed to at least have this one day a week where it's just two of us that's it keep doing these things and this is how you will get better it takes them back to being the teenager it takes them back to that surge of hormones that they experienced during the, the young chase. adulthood the chase the persuasion and all of that the flirty so conversations them, yes it gives them it gives them the high but which is why i said as much as proximity is required in a relationship space is equally required were you both are pursuing even after i say 10 12 15 years of marriage even after being together always keep doing something new so that you're extracting the best out of each other yeah no makes a lot of sense great so what's next for you i have seen you you're like you're rocking it on instagram uh, so what's next for you what else are you going to help us with so that we can hopefully learn from you and keep uh, improving our relationships i think that's something that we will uh, speak about in our a uh, part two of podcast but <laughs> having said so um there are a lot of things lot of things i think um, on board right now where we trying to work it out but more importantly i think i'm trying to explore more of it in the relationship front uh, so that people are aware so that they become more conscious of what they kind of what kind of bandwagon they are jumping on or hopping on uh making people aware more than relationship making people aware of uh, the mental health their self understanding their emotional uh strength building their agility when it comes to emotions and feelings and all of that so i think these are the things i'm primarily focusing upon making our country more aware of their own self i love it i love it and so if someone wants to find you and get relationship help from you how do they get to you I think they can always DM me or email me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. always easy to reach out. <laughs> Is that it? And then you like book sessions with you, and that's how people you give you help people. Yes, yes, oh, okay. I do. Uh, it's been a a while since I've stopped taking one on one therapies because uh, a lot of my time actually has been consumed by content creation and a lot of podcasts and interviews and like stuff this? like that. <laughs> so I am not uh, for now. Like I stopped taking because therapy uh, sometimes it does take a toll on you also because it rubs off on you. um but more so i think you can't juggle like taking therapies and creating content then you're not doing justice mm. so i've stopped taking for now but let's see what we have i'm think uh, one of the thing that we building up right now is building up a platform where people can reach out to us having a set of therapists it's more like a platform where they can reach out so if not me i will have a lot of other people who will uh, whom they can reach out to and under my guidance where there will be therapies and what not so we're trying to build a platform for everyone where we are trying to make it affordable we're trying to make it easy to reach out to because mental health is extremely important i mean no matter how much we try to negate it but that's an integral part of our life if you don't feel right here you will not feel right anywhere else at your work front you're going to be completely messed up and screwed at your in terms of your relationship um if you're not right here like i said mentally you will not be able to bring your best self 
to your partner so i think i'm just trying to do best to bring you know to give best of service in terms of mental health space i love it i can't <laughs> wait uh, and so wish you all the best for that thank new you. endeavor and uh, thank you for this chat uh, i think there's a lot in there just in terms of how can people approach relationships at different stages in their lives whether mm. they are just starting out uh, or are married and struggling or 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 are going through a divorce and struggling uh, so thanks for sharing all of those tips and um, for sure we'll be getting you back part 2 of this is happening i think there are so many more questions i want to ask you uh, which are still on my ipad which i'm going to get to maybe in part 2 so thanks so much for your time 100% thank you so much it was such a wonderful conversation with you looking forward to part 2 soon amazing <laughs> thanks great